0: Flushcare.com slash weight loss. This is Internet
1: Marketing. I'm here with Dave Bergman, CEO and founder of the Raptor Group. We're going to be discussing how to gain attention and trust from students. And I thought a good place to start today, Dave, would be your entry into the student market. So I know it was around the 2015, 2016 time. What I'm particularly interested in is what attracted you to the student market?
0: Yeah, sure. And it's great to be here, Scott. Thanks uh, for inviting me. Um, Yeah, we've we've run Raptor, the student marketing agency, since 2015, so coming into our seventh year, Uh, rewinding to... 2000 2001. I was a student at the University of Manchester. It's actually called the University of Manchester Institute of Science and Technology, but it kind of merged into the University of Manchester. Studying management and marketing, and then I did a masters uh, in enterprise also at the University of Manchester. So, um, a really uh, popular, culturally relevant uh, university. You know, I think it's got the biggest population. Uh, across the whole of the UK so always been uh, really passionate about my time as a student and you know delving into all different things uh, whilst I was a student you know societies and sports and everything in between. Um, it was a chance meeting actually uh, 2015. Um, a couple of years earlier I'd moved to London uh, to move in with my now wife um, and I was working for a marketing agency in London we found that there was a lot of uh, brands coming over from the US and it was when the kind of disruptive tech bubble started to grow. Yeah. So brands like uh, Uber uh, were launching in London as well as Tinder. We found that obviously these brands would be perfect for, you know, 18 to 24 for the for the student audience. Uh, being uh, kind of very tech savvy, uh, also very uh, involved in, in dating, uh, it made sense. So um, it was a chance meeting I had uh, up in Leeds, where I'm from. I was at a um, uh, an engagement party, and I bumped into an old friend who had a student club promotional company uh, up in Newcastle. So these two uh, run student nightclubs and have you know, thousands of students going through their venues uh, on a weekly basis. Um, I said, you know, I'm, I'm I'm working for a marketing agency to uh, uh, my now business partner uh, Johnny Johnny Edwards, and uh, I said, you know. I know there's lots of brands that are coming across that want to target students specifically. And Johnny said, well, you know, I've got thousands of students in my venues uh, every single night of the week. So we kind of realized quite quickly that if I could get the brands on board uh, and we could activate them in these spaces, then there was a really good opportunity to uh, drive acquisition, which I know a lot of these brands wanted. You know, it was all about kind of downloading apps and signing up to these uh, different services. So that's kind of how Raptor was was formed. We uh, we started with uh, two or three student brand ambassadors standing outside student nightclubs and asking students to download apps for lots of different uh, uh, new uh, consumer brands: Uber, Tinder, Deliveroo. HelloFresh etc uh, as they kind of went into nightclubs so it did start start kind of off campus and as we kind of continued the journey of Raptor into kind of 2016-17 we moved more towards doing kind of on campus activity from there as well so yeah that was kind of the uh, uh, how, how Raptor was started it was uh, Johnny and I driving around different cities in the UK partnering with different promoters we were actually in my Mother-in-law's mini with a um, uh, an American Express card, which we were kind of uh, slowly uh, um, kind of churning our way through. And yeah, we, we were to begin with, we were only paid on uh, acquisition, so it was, it was kind of fly or die scenario, which I think is a quite a a, um, a regular startup story. But yeah, it gave us that kind of hunger and tenacity to kind of drive as many students to kind of sign up as possible and you know it was a benefit to the student as well give you an example would be uber um you know every student that signed up they would get a free ride so you know they'd take a a referral code and share it around their friends to kind of get lots of free rides uh, under their belts and it would mean that the Referral will kind of spread like wildfire across across the city. Uber were really happy, you know. We'd we get loads of signups in Newcastle. They'd say, "Can you do it in Manchester?" Obviously, I have a great network in Manchester, being at university there. So then we went to Manchester, then we went to Leeds, and that was kind of how we grew our network uh, uh, with ambassadors, with the student audience, but also you know with new clients as well.
1: Uh, And was this your first venture into running your own business or co founding your own business? But you mentioned previously you'd worked for a marketing agency.
0: Yeah, I'd always uh, worked for, for other people before 2015. I was at one, one time working for Morrison's PLC, uh, looking after their events. I did the uh, retail management training uh, um, program for Matalan. That was my first job out, out, out of university. Worked for a few local marketing agencies before kind of taking the leap and moving to London and, uh, and, and, and starting with an experiential marketing agency where did lots of different activity. And one of their main things was brand ambassadors, which kind of gave me the idea of, you know, this would work really well for students and probably a little bit better. Um, looking at the profile of a general brand ambassador, not a student brand ambassador, they were usually uh, part-time actors or, or, or kind of musicians who were looking for part-time work whilst they did their kind of uh, their passion. Whereas with students, you find that, you know, they'd have a lot more free time. Uh, in some instances, this was their their main job. And obviously, they wanted to prove themselves to get something on their CV that would set them aside from the competition from the different students to ensure that, you know, uh, they could increase their opportunity and probability of getting employment post-university. So, um, yeah, the, the the model worked really well. Uh, and It meant that we could, you know, get students on board who were really passionate, you know, who had already proven themselves, maybe with a club promoter selling tickets. They already had that kind of sales instinct and tenacity to kind of grow from there as well. So, yeah, it was my first uh, kind of role into it, uh, um, first own role. But there was a lot that I learned along the way between, you know, finishing university and getting to this point. You know, there was, I think... Eight to ten years of um, you know working for different businesses before going there, and you know I wouldn't have been able to start the business without having that experience behind me.
1: Did you ever consider trying to bridge the gap and exploring this opportunity within the agency you were in? The terms come up on this podcast before, like an intrapreneur. So you have this entrepreneurial spirit, but you execute on it within an agency environment. It kind of limits the risk. Or would you just like no? This is the time to go it alone.
0: Yeah, I think, I think I never really had that thought. First of all, I didn't think the the processes were right in the agency that was in to be able to, you know, have such a, a drastic change in kind of their model. You know, they're, they're, they had their set brands and a lot of the brands that they, they, they delivered for weren't within that 18 to 24 audience. You know, obviously, the agent uh, Rapture as an agency is by students for students. So uh, it's, you know we have student brand ambassadors promoting to students so that it feels more authentic and relevant and they can, and students can relate to those people as well. So that's the reason they got those numbers. And as well as that, from a personal perspective, yeah, I was just ready to take the jump, you know, I was yeah. uh, at a good point in my career. I'd always thought in my head that I wanted to, you know, uh, uh, kind of spread my wings and, and, and try something. And I just thought that this was the perfect time to do it with that, you know, sudden shift in, you know, uh, consumer tech and, Disruptive tech and the audience becoming, you know, we know that they've um, they've got really good disposable income. You know, there's a pragmatism yeah. I think around students that you know they're always broke and they eat beans on toast. That kind <laughs> of, you know, neg- that, I'm not sure what they call it, like that kind of ageism. I guess, I, I guess, yeah, yeah. Ultimately, they they can be one of the uh, the richest demographics for you know certain times of the year. You know, they get free money three times a year. They have less bills to pay. And as well as that, you know, when they do purchase things, they usually get a discount. And it's one of the only audiences who expect a discount. You know, mm-hmm. them and old age, age pensions, I think, are the two audiences who do expect, expect that. And, you know, there's the businesses like Uni Days and Student Beans who offer all these kind of discounts, you know, within platforms. And, you know, you go to McDonald's, you show your student card, I think you get a free cheeseburger. So, you know, it's <laughs> uh, it is a quite really interesting uh, demographic.
1: I want to know like where around the UK you traveled and I want to know about the late nights and the funny experiences I'm sure there were plenty of them but what I'm really curious about all of that makes sense to me about the proposition of giving students something whether it's for free discounts leaflets I'm sure other things but how did you attract the brands
0: yeah yeah of course so I think again going back to my experience you know the last four years before I I set Wrapped her up. I was um, I was leading uh, new business teams within agencies, so I had an understanding of you know um, outbound, you know, uh, speaking to clients, starting chemistry meetings, uh, getting briefs in, pitching, proposing, and winning and delivering on that side of things. You know, my uh, my business partner didn't wasn't from this world. It was from a promoter background, which is you know very very much more fast paced and uh, yeah. less process driven, I guess. So. Um, I had an understanding and and a good track record of getting brands on board. And it was more around speaking to the students and finding out what brands they were currently using. Also, kind of students and and, and people who I knew around London as well, what we we would find is a brand that's coming over to the UK. Basically, if a US brand has been successful, they usually try the next uh, market being the UK just because... The audience are very similar. Uh they, they you know, their uptake of digital, of tech, of apps and everything is quite similar as well. Uh so they usually start in London and then once they'd kind of create a presence and a and a uh you know some good success in London, they would look at the rest of the UK. And we found that we were strongest with the rest of the UK. We find London quite difficult, especially in the student space because the universities are quite disparate. Where people live, there's no kind of campus-based and halls of residence. There are, but again, they're they're quite dispersed. So we did find London quite difficult, but we did know what the audience were engaging with in terms of those brands. We then get in touch with them, however however means necessary. We would try our own network to see if people were working with them. We'd try email, we'd phone, you know, all those kind of usual kind of sales techniques to kind of get in front of those people. I remember the the, the first meeting with Uber, and um, I was unable to go, and I kind of set my business partner up, prepped him with questions, and I remember <laughs> we stood outside their head office, which is incredible. It's in, uh, in Olgate in... Um, uh in london so it's in the city these big high-rise buildings and yeah. you know you go in and it's very formal and you know for, for what of a better word he was uh very very nervous but uh he came out <laughs> you know we actually won that uh that that was our first pitch and we actually won it so you know i think just the fact that we had the audience and you know we could help them uh deliver and activate uh in the rest of the rest of the uk you know a lot of you know the People think UK equals London, but there are, you know, 45 cities across the UK and Ireland that, you know, there's students and availability to be able to do that as well. And with our network, with the promoters as well, it allowed us to gain access to that that audience. So, so yeah, we, we had a lot of success, like, you know, it was um, and it was a very uncompetitive uh, area. We kind of found the niche that nobody else was doing. So, mm. you know, to, who always had student strategies but didn't know how to deliver, you know, we we were kind of giving them the solution there. So how do you think you won some of those deals? It sounds to me like, uh, I I don't kind
1: of want to make assumptions or put words in your mouth, but the thing that stood out to me when you were talking there, because I was thinking, well, you've got a a reputation, like you've got some good experience behind you, but it sounds like the network, your network of promoters and just you articulating that in the pitch saying, hey, we've got this network of promoters around the UK. We can give you kind of a go-to-market strategy really quickly because we're in the best position to do so was that like the unique selling proposition your network of promoters
0: i think definitely yeah the the network of promoters that opened up to a huge network of of students i think in the early days like the first few campaigns that uh, we won we we actually um uh delivered them on an acquisition basis meaning that there was never any upfront payment what we said is, you know, at the end of the week we'll tally up how many acquisitions we've done, and then they'll pay us per acquisition. So it's like kind it. of a, um, a risk-free uh, from their side, and I think you have to do that as a as a startup to prove yourself that so, um, you know you've got the capability. To, to deliver and then as we got a little bit more established we could start to put campaigns together etc i remember i remember our first uh, uh ten thousand pound campaign which was absolutely massive for us at the time it was a, a scottish store we were doing uh, glasgow edinburgh and aberdeen uh and the the brand manager signed off at, at ten thousand to do x number of club takeovers and uh we were doing it was actually for deliveroo and the and the campaign was we'd go to go into student nightclubs and with a, a selfie frame, the students would uh, use a Snapchat filter to take images of themselves. And then what we do is we would we'd turn up outside the biggest hall of residence the morning after. It was a kind of hangover cure with, uh, you know, partnering with lots of diff- different restaurants from, from Deliveroo. So it was kind of, uh, yeah, just helping them in their time of need. I think the campaign was called Roo Rescue, rescuing students in their time of need. So, yeah, it was kind of the hangover cure there. Um, <laughs> So you were yeah, think, with guide that a hangover cure guy for a That's one bit. thing that. Uh, yeah, exactly. We were <laughs> we were absolutely loved in those mornings, but uh, you know, obviously, there's the the stories of you know having a few too many drinks when we were we were kind of uh, doing the activations, and it was us who we also needed the hangover cure. That's funny. You know, so funny. Of, you know uh, pickpocketing pocketing some of those Burger King burgers in the morning before we distributed the rods to the students. Uh, um, but yeah we'd you know we'd have ambassadors who would kind of open the doors for us in the halls and then we'd go door to door knocking on and seeing if they wanted a you know a um, a whopper or um, you know wh- whatever the uh, food plant was at the time and yeah we were, we were, we were loved that's for sure in, in, in those times so yeah I def- I'd definitely say that risk-free was big going back to your, uh, your question I'd definitely say that the um the, the pace in which we could activate you know we could be up there delivering you know um three or four days later the actual setup was really simple and yeah I guess just like our um the network to be able to get it into students who were popular so that they could you know share it with their kind of wider audience from a social perspective but then also represent the uh, brand physically in the venue as well so having that physical and digital connection was you know was really strong and something that not many brands were doing back in 2015 you know I'm sure now most campaigns will have you know physical campaigns will have a digital element and vice versa but it was quite new in 2015 to be able to you know amplify the uh, the physical uh, experience in, on a digital level as well so yeah we, we, we wanted to you know we wanted to kind of start to Push boundaries around kind of what the tech could offer from that side as well, and social was obviously huge. You know, it wasn't so much uh, TikTok those days; it was more Facebook. Facebook was our kind of platform. Snapchat had just started, and then obviously everything moved over to Instagram, and now it's moving over to TikTok. So things for, things forever change, and you know, it's you know, the new uh, the the uh, recent Raptor has to kind of uh, roll with the punches on that front as well.
1: On the kind of unique proposition, so. Uh, you mentioned that the kind of business model, but I—I I was thinking there about the, some of the names that you mentioned, Uber, Deliveroo. Did you find that once you got a big name, it made the the other deals easier to win? Did it give you some kind of uh, legitimacy, maybe?
0: Yeah, one hundred percent. And it's strange, actually. Like we've we've just up, uh, updated and re- refreshed our website, and there's still images on the website from the you know from the first campaigns that we ever did we started off with, with, with huge brands, you know, Uber, Deliveroo, Tinder. You know, they're all household mm. names now. Obviously, they weren't when we, when we first started. I remember, you know, we were in the clubs and we were having to explain to people what Uber was. They didn't know what it was. So, it was, you know, really, it's strange to think about now, you know. it's uh, They've actually become a verb thinking about it. Like, you know, you order, yeah. you, you order an Uber, you don't order a taxi yeah. anymore. So um, it's, it's really um, not that long ago, it really, no, exactly. I mean, you know, six seven years ago, this it's 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 happened so quickly. But you know, they, yeah. these brands were you know were unknown. You know, I remember when we were working with Deliveroo, and their their logo was um, a a kangaroo. Like I bet most people can't remember that original logo. So yeah, I mean, obviously working with them and watching their kind of um, you know uh, um, huge rise to um, you know global. Fame and uh, success was 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 great for us. You know, we we kind of r- rode on their coattails in a way. Obviously, not <laughs> didn't uh, didn't uh, um, explode as quickly as they did, but um, it really was legitimise and uh, the, the business and get brands on that were you know real staples within the student space. I think one specifically that that, that really jumps out was when we won um, the Unilever account for Pot Noodle, and it was it was the most um, formal pitch process you know dealing with procurement that we'd never done before and had doing three rounds of pitching and there was other agencies that were involved and there was a there was an incumbent agency that we were trying to win the work off and you know i remember the the brand manager calling me up and saying like you know we've never worked with a a um, a, an agency that's less than three years old and we loved your you know, proposal so much that we're making an exception and all this kind of thing. So it was a huge scalp for us. It was absolutely incredible and, you know, really helped us legitimize. And again, from winning those kind of brands then helped us kind of catapult to the other brands that we work with now. So yeah, I mean, uh, it, it wasn't you know it wasn't all plain sailing. We had to you know we had to kind of um, roll with the punches initially to then get the bigger campaigns to then work with a more reputable brands. We just kind of you know started to snowball a little bit from there. But you know when we first started, I remember you know uh, six months in, it was it was difficult. We were you know planning the campaigns and delivering them ourselves. There was you know working seven days a week. We didn't take any money out the other business. Obviously, we were you know we, we were pretty strapped and you know uh, quite low on morale but you know we just kept going i guess and you know once once you once you know we, we took our first paycheck it was uh it was really rewarding and that's the kind of thing that kind of uh you know catapulted us and you know kept us uh tenacious really to get the next uh next deal in
1: and i've forgotten what was the name of your co-founder uh johnny johnny edwards johnny yeah um so did another key aspect of this is actually then following up on what you're telling brands and making sure that you have those good relationships with promoters across the uk um, and it sounds like johnny was key to that did he have a lot of existing relationships within the kind of student promotions space in the uk or did you have to build those relationships
0: no massively massively i think uh you know as we talked about before what was our point of difference i think having that kind of Johnny's black book of uh, promoter partners was amazing. You know, if yeah, it was so it was so local the type of marketing that we're doing. You know, the the, the brands that I've mentioned. You know, especially uh, the likes of Deliveroo who were launching in cities as we were working with them. So you know, they launched in Exeter. Did we have a? Um, do we have a network in in Exeter? Obviously, we say to them, yes, of course we do. We get off the phone. We get straight onto our partners as um, you know um, a promoter in spoke to a promoter in uh reading i think it was and said like we need a a promoter in Exeter. he said okay you need to speak to this guy he's got the biggest event in this particular city so we had a chat you know we were were qualified by the reading promoter saying these guys are great you know you need to work with them and then he said yeah well you can have access to the venue and we pay them a fee and then that network grew like that so from from the network of promoters came the network of ambassadors because they'd introduce us to their, you know, to their ambassador audience and we kind of, uh, you know, get them working for us all, uh, along different lines. But as we, as we moved along, we started to, what we started to find was um, we'd have a, two or three brands on the books and we'd have the same ambassador working for all three brands. And it really started to dilute the messaging. Um, so we made the decision, I think it was after two years, that amb- student brand ambassadors would, would only exclusively work on one brand uh, and that's it, it got quite difficult because we need to then widen the net so that we'd have enough ambassadors to you know to uh, kind of satisfy all the brands that we'd have on the on the uh, on the campaigns at that time so yeah so i think it really uh, it really helped having that initial network through the promoters uh, which was great and you know as we as we started to grow we we took on our first um our, our first employee who was uh, when, when was that what year was that Uh, That was, uh, I think it was 18 months in, so we were 2017 at that point. Alex uh, was uh, used to be a a ticket seller and promoter, um, again, out of Newcastle. So uh, I think Johnny uh, still had, you know, a uh, a WhatsApp group with uh, all of the ticket sellers. And they said, like, you know, we're looking to recruit uh, anyone looking to move to London. You know, we've got a really cool job, you know, sticking within the space that you already know. I think we had three or four different um, uh, um, students who were just about to graduate, really keen, and we met them all. And Alex, who came in, uh, one of the students, was was spot on for it. So, you know, uh, I, from 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 the day that he came on, my kind of uh, event management days were, were were numbered, which was just what I wanted. I mean, my wife wasn't particularly pleased with me kind of going to student nightclubs on a regular basis, yeah. <laughs> city giving out free food it's uh, yeah not not, not the uh, not the best place to be in terms of uh, yeah a new uh, a new marriage so yeah i think <laughs> that really helped me in terms of my uh, private life but also amazing job for someone who had just come out of university to go to all these cities and go back to his home city and be able to hmm. you know be the man and uh, you know uh, activate all these cool brands and in, in the uh, in the student space so
1: back then you were giving the promoters, like the national promoters around the UK, were you giving them a cut of the acquisition costs that you, so
0: no, you no, would no, get paid no.
1: by the brand, and then you would give them a cut or um...
0: Yeah, so, so it would be a uh, it would be a fee, uh, so a flat fee, so for right. X amount, we could have uh, access to their venue, we could have the uh, the the brand logo on their assets, so on the on the flyers, on their digital assets um and uh, use of some of their brand ambassadors as well to actually activate as well so it was kind of package fee that we do for for all those different uh different um uh, requirements so
1: what happened when you started giving up the night crawls and you got married and um and then suddenly your role changes like how has your role changed since 2017 what have you been spending your time
0: on yeah massively i mean the, the business has changed so much as well you know it's um it only works with a few brands to be able to activate in nightclubs, as you can expect student nightclubs that we were going to, you kind of had set two hours between the, the I mean, student, first of all, students to go, up, go out till 11pm, so like, you know, it's so exhausting that you've travelled all day to a, a random city in the UK, you set up, and then you kind of sat there twiddling your thumbs till 11pm till they finally turn up, and they all turn up at the same time, you've got a thousand students there, and right. they're drinking, and then might get to about half twelve, one o'clock before they become completely uncompromisentus. <laughs> like it's impossible to chat to them about it, uh, and that's kind of when we like break down the stand and like get the hell out of there before uh, you know you get puked on or whatever, whatever <laughs> might, else might happen. But you know that that only happened for for those brands where where it was relevant. You know, Uber works perfectly because they need to get a ride home. Delivery works perfectly because you know they're ordering food. the next uh, yeah but then when you're working for more reputable brands you know um it was moving from that off-campus experience to an on-campus so what we started to do was build relationships like we did with our promoter partners with the university unions in each of the cities yeah. so It's the university union who have you know um kind of access to the student audience and also site space on campus outside the the union which is obviously a busy hub for students where they go next to the canteen where they, you know, where they'd hang out. So we'd look to uh, create that network again, but with the, uh, with the student union contacts. And with that, we'd start to create, um, you know, do activations, you know, uh, experiential builds, um, insight spaces outside uh, student unions as well. And that allowed us to do activity during the day, which was great. And sometimes we'd do activity during the day and then we'd, you know, we go to the nightclubs, the evening shift as well. Quite a long day for the event manager, but it would mean that we could, you know, have those different touch points to, you know, really cement the, the brand within that uh, kind of student psyche, which was great. But in terms yeah. of my particular uh, role, it, it definitely moved from, you know, doing the event. So there's the planning of the events and there's the delivery of the event. I definitely moved away from delivery of the event a lot more just because, I was getting a bit old to uh, be in the nightclubs. I'd find myself kind of hiding behind the bouncers and, you know, <laughs> you know, five to 10 years, well, getting up to 10 years too old for that particular space. And, you know, I find it i find it difficult these days as well. Like, you know, I, I still like to do the training days for the ambassadors. And I was saying someone the other day, it's the only, uh, one of the only industries where you're presenting to someone and you're getting older every year. You know, I'm now <laughs> 30 I'm 38. I was 39 last week. And there. 18, 18, 18 every single year. They're you know they're exactly the same age. And now now could be their dad. So it's uh, yeah, it's a little bit embarrassing, but I I still really enjoy doing it. They always say I'm 30, and I, I can see they say that so that they can get so, You know they're they're trying they're trying their bit, but definitely changed to more kind of growing the business in terms of you know getting the right people on board, winning the business, and like yeah. having that vision of like making sure the brand is. You know culturally relevant in the student space as well so yeah definitely changed and you know the more people that come on board the more opportunity i've got to you know to have that role which which uh, an md or a ceo should have i was always told that if you've got a lot on your table then you're not doing your job right you need to have that you know kind of clear table so that you can kind of steer the ship and drive it in the right direction
1: because we talked a lot there about u.s brands coming over to the uk in those mid 2010s years are some of those bigger brands that come over to the UK now more protective of their
0: brand um it's a good question um i think in in general uh the brands that we're engaging with and the brands that we see coming over are a lot more purpose driven you know i think you know in the initial days of, uh, of apps you know you had those utility apps that would really deliver on a on a, on a human need you know yeah uh, travel or, um you know, food or, or that kind of thing. So that market is really saturated. I mean, you look at, you know, the the grocery and the, the food delivery space. Now you've got, the you know, obviously Uber Eats, Deliveroo and Just Eat are the big guys. But then you've got all these grocery delivery apps like Gorillas and Get Here and GoPuff and all these yeah. guys as well. So those kind of in, uh, industries and spaces have been really saturated. And what we're finding is the brands that are coming over from the U.S. are a lot more kind of purpose driven, like, you know, you look at brands like um, Headspace, for example. You know, mm-hmm. that, uh, are in, in that kind of mental health space. They're 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 really protective, uh, as you said. You know, they want to they want to make sure that their brands are portrayed in the right light, and that is because they've got a certain you know uh, brand personality that they want to upkeep. I think for I think for the startups in 2015, because it was such an unknown and untapped area, the kind of app download uh, kind of scenario it was you know it was a little a little bit. Uh, looser in terms of who they signed up um, yeah. for brands it's not just about the acquisition now it's about kind of driving that kind of purpose and messaging and everything in between so yeah we couldn't be as what's the word without uh, becoming derogatory flexible is probably yeah we, we couldn't be as flexible as we were as we were back then you know and, and as well as that as an agency you know we have standards that we want to hit and deliver as well you know we want ambassadors working for us who who share those same passions and purposes as the brands do as well and we want to activate you know every campaign that we do is different so we want to make sure that we do activate brands in their right environment yes we still go to nightclubs you know we we, we work with lots of different alcohol brands a brand that we're doing a lot of nightclub activity at the moment is for Jägermeister and it just fits. Yeah. you know you know, if, if Jägermeister Masters a, a, a listing at that venue, it makes sense to activate there. Whereas I don't think with Deliveroo, it would make sense anymore to, you know, to activate in those venues. You know, they, 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 they want us to be more protective of the brand as they've kind of, um, you know, as they've kind of developed and, you know, matured as a brand as well.
1: Yeah, that's a really interesting thing to reflect on is that. That those mid-2010s years, it, everything was around utility. It's hard to separate out what might be my own bias from what is reality. But mm. I feel like the utility was all that was on my mind in the mid-2010s. Like, oh, this new thing's launched. Like, it was Airbnb, it was Uber, Deliveroo. I'm just, like, downloading all these things and just willing to try because I'm excited about the technology. And if I'm really honest with myself, I wasn't really caring seven, eight years ago about the purpose as much as i do now i Mm -hmm. I feel i'm a much more conscious consumer now which is probably a reflection of just society could be a reflection of age and just maturing but it is interesting to reflect on because again you you won't be surprised to hear that purpose-led brands is a topic that comes up a lot in our marketing agency it comes up a lot from the podcast Mm -hmm. um, and it's in the news a lot there's a lot of talk at the moment about people that are resigning from jobs because they don't feel the purpose that the companies that they're working in, and actually, purpose has become more important to a lot of people than salary and other perks. It's just interesting in a, such a short space of time that it's seven years we're talking. It's not how long, really, and that's a huge societal change, in my opinion.
0: It's enormous, and like we see it as well, and you know we 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 try and align our. as I said we did a a refresh of the brand recently, and we want to make sure that we are you know supporting students and you know driving purpose and we like to work with brands that uh that have a purpose that we can align with as well, not to say that we we work with brands that don't, but it it really helps kind of galvanize and um, and and encourage you know Uh, the audience to engage with that particular brand. So, yeah, I I see it completely. Uh, And I I see it every day. I mean, I'm I'm sure all agencies say, you know, we're purpose-led and X, Y, Z. But, you know, when the audience is so passionate about being care-first, you know, like, historically it might have been, like, care-free, but it's definitely, you know, especially... We've got this thing like, you know, there was two years of the pandemic and after then there was this kind of carefree student who just wanted to go out and, you know, live life to the max and experience all these physical and real life, IRL and real life things all over again. But with everything, all the negativities around kind of inflation and, you know, the uh, cost cut and, you know, um, kind of worries about future as well, people have become a lot more care first and with Mm -hmm. that comes aligning yourself with, with purpose-led brands that you uh, agree with. And that's why it's so important now for brands to, you know, have a purpose, but then also be authentic, you know, actually following it through. You can say all this around sustainability, employability, diversity, but if you don't follow through, then students will, Gen Z, will see right through it and, you know, they'll, 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 they'll kick your brand to the curb if, if, if you're not following through on there.
1: Have you noticed this change in students over the seven years working with them?
0: Massively, massively. Yeah especially recently and uh, you know I don't think we'd be able to do the activity that we did in 2015 these days I don't think as many students go out as much and you know get absolutely blind drunk I mean I'm sure during freshers week maybe but I think students are a lot more careful in terms of the experiences that they want to engage with I think they're more careful with their money as well like they're not as frivolous a lot of that comes down to kind of the cost of university you know it's not just tuition fees that were crazy. You know, I was lucky to be in a generation the way the tuition fees were paid for. And, you know, you hear about some of these students coming out with crazy debt and not no opportunity of getting employment. So, like, you know, why would you go and, you know, just all your money in, in the first few weeks of university so we see it and we, we expect it you know coming up to planning towards September you know looking at the campaigns that we're delivering there is a lot less of what we used to do so you know it is it is there and you know our team are acting on it you know they're, they're um, adapting to make sure that you know we're, we're creating campaigns and we're Placing brands in in you know environments that would be uh, beneficial to, to them.
1: How many of these campaigns that you're working on these days are online in comparison to offline?
0: So we we try and have a hybrid approach. I mean, we were um, we were a bit stumped in 2020 in that you know all, um, when when lockdown hit, all uh, students course, yeah. yeah all students were sent home. They went to live at their parents' house or or, or wherever it may be. Uh, and also all live events were kind of put on hold, you know. Think of like a freshers fair. You just couldn't have thousands of people in a hall giving out yeah. free merchandise and talking about brands. It's just a bit of a COVID nightmare. So we, we pivoted quite quickly and we created a, a digital platform uh, working with the universities, with the student unions. We we, we realized the student unions weren't, weren't going to be able to deliver their freshers weeks. So we created this platform so that they could kind of uh, place Brands within this kind of, it was like a digital campus, really. And we put the brands yeah. as, as kind of 3D models within the campus. So students could still engage and, you know, get deals and discounts or, 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 or you know, uh, hear about a purpose of a particular brand. So we kind of built that and uh, kind of drove a lot more kind of live stream social content interactivity uh, through digital over those two years. So I'd say before the, before the pandemic, we, we were probably 80% Physical twenty percent digital. I'd say now we're around fifty-fifty. We want to make sure that all physical activity has a digital arm to it, whether it is driving through social to push amplification, or it's got a three D experience that replicates the physical experience, which is kind of where the um, uh, where the the pivot um, uh, um, during the pandemic has come from. So we actually spun off and created a uh, a separate business called Ada. Uh, which supports universities, student unions and higher ed uh, platforms kind of uh, activate uh, events on campus whether it's um, freshers fairs, careers fairs, uh, recruitment fairs, whatever that may be. But then also from a kind of brand perspective, it, it helps amplify and push reach on the brands that have been already created. So for example, a budget might only stretch to do physical activity in six cities. But if we can create a digital experience that replicates that physical one, we can drive students from all over the country to then engage with it and get the, fee- the benefits of it as well. So we also want to create digital experiences that replicate the physical experience. This is something that's, uh, uh, that's quite important. So, um, for example, if we've got a, um, a budget for a campaign that may only stretch to six cities in, in the UK, so we may only do, you know, the main cities, Leeds, Manchester, Newcastle, Birmingham, for example. If we create a digital experience, it will allow us to then uh, reach and, uh, amplify that to the rest of the UK. And what we're trying to do is with these digital experience, they, they, they come in kind of 3D form within a microsite will ensure that it's got different interactivity and different immersiveness so that it delivers the objectives that the physical did as well. So whether it is gamification, personalization or you know, uh, dis- deals and discounts, whatever it may be, and we're also we also have one eye on the future as well. We know that um, you know Web three and the metaverse is something that's really coming to a fore, and we know that the first audience who will be taking that up once it becomes affordable. The first uh, audience who will be adopting it will be Gen Z because they are, you know, the tech natives and they're tech savvy and uh, they like uh, cutting edge technology. So, yeah, we're we're, we're very conscious of it. We know that it's not affordable at this stage, but it will get to that point where it does become affordable. And at that point, you know, we'll want to ensure that anything we're doing physically and digitally is also live within those metaverses, whichever ones uh, um, go live
1: and on just in closing for this episode that's really what i wanted to to touch on is trends right now um in the student space so what are you finding what platforms or apps are you finding that students are navigating more naturally towards you in the episode you've mentioned tiktok and kind of learning more about that within your agency you've talked about twitch there just a moment ago are there any others that have come up more recently
0: yeah definitely um Uh, 100% those two that you just mentioned. Um, Mm. We actually work with Twitch as a client helping to, you know, resonate in the student space. And we've done lots of activity and partnerships, you know, partnering with um, university spaces or um, uh, societies and clubs to kind of bring what they do to the student audience. And obviously that was huge in lockdown with with Mm. like recently done a campaign for Pot Noodle, which was a virtual careers fair that we, um uh, streamed on uh Twitch and students could interact with companies who were offering internships and find out about the industry that uh that company resided in and you know use all the Twitch functionality such as the messaging board or the voting mechanics etc which is great you know that interactivity over Twitch is awesome um as well as that yeah as you mentioned TikTok is uh probably the most dominant platform when it comes to social we're finding that you know um it's got really interesting algorithms in terms of reach, you know, a unheard of, uh, Twitch, uh, sorry, TikTok, uh, uh, um, user can get thousands and thousands, if not millions of, uh, (laughs) uh, of reach and views. Um, Uh, based on a a video that no one knows why it's uh, so popular. So really, really interesting, very random, but very interesting and allows for a lot of creativity, which is great. So definitely in terms of digital diet, those two really come come to the fore. Another one would be Reddit. Um, Obviously, I've been in the game for, you know, 15 years plus, but we're finding that students really want to move away from Facebook and, you know, all students hate the Zook and everything that goes with it. We did find that there was some real um, um, kind of sensitive topics within the student space over the last year. I don't know if you heard about the uh, the epidemic uh, with regards to the spiking and, you know, yep. and all things like that. And it's really difficult for students to to have a profile and, for, for, and they weren't happy that kind of students could kind of point the finger at them. So the benefit of Reddit is that it is anonymous and students find it a safe place in which they can share thoughts and feelings within a particular subreddit. So that kind of anonymity is a real uh, pull factor for students and something that we've seen is starting to grow and, and, and gain traction as well within the student space. As well as that, the issues with, that students have with mental health, and again, it's something that I mentioned previously, is, is, is something that's really uh, at the f- Forefront, especially over the last two years of everything that students have been through, you know, in terms of, you know, being locked down and having to do all of their university uh, lectures and all of um, you know their their networking from a digital perspective was a real um, real blow to their mental health so I think apps like headspace and calm are really coming to the forefront as well to uh, to support students and you know to drive that purpose that they have as well so they're ones that i can that i 've really seen come through i think as I mentioned previ- previously as well brands really need to show that they 've got an authentic purpose, and they follow through on that purpose um, uh, to kind of uh, resonate uh, with students. Students are you know um, are curious but curious but can also uh, but can also see right through a brand if they're not being authentic. So that authenticity is really, really important. So yeah, there's a few that I've, that we've seen come through uh, uh, recently. As well as that, you know, now that physical is back, you know, driving students back to different locations, I mean, you know, um, restaurant brands such as uh, Nando's and Wagamama's and people like that are, uh-huh. are really starting to win because students want to, you know, use their time uh, more wisely than going out to clubs, but also have experiences. So those brands that can offer experiences within their restaurants are are, uh, are being successful, so yeah, some really interesting trends, and we're really excited to see them come to life. I think this year is going to be a great year for for students. Now that the pandemic's behind them, um, the employability uh, horizon is looking better as well, which is great. You know, there's more opportunity. So yeah, I think you know business as usual on campus, but with you know with those extra purposes built in, is going to be it's going to be great for students. I'm excited for them to have a a, a year of normality. Uh, <laughs>
1: David, it's been a pleasure speaking to you. It's really interesting. Uh, yeah, it's been really interesting to reflect on the student market and just the changes over the last seven years, particularly for Gen Z millennials as well. If people want to find out more about you and the Raptor group, where can they extend the conversation and connect with you?
0: Yeah, sure. So uh, for the Raptor group, it'd be great. Just check out our uh, website. It's actually launched last week with our uh, new branding, new purpose, all our new case studies as well. So really give you a flavor of what we're about. That's uh, raptor-london.co.uk. If you want to uh, reach out to me personally, uh, absolutely, I'd love that. Um, Just uh, um, hit me up on LinkedIn would be best. Um, David Bergman, you'll be able to find me there. It's strange on LinkedIn, actually. It looks like there's 500 people working for us, but in fact, most of them are our brand ambassadors (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, who represent us on there. Um, But, yeah, um, also, uh, you know, hit me up on email as well, uh, david at raptor-london.co.uk. Uh, and I'd love to hear from you, and uh, yeah, uh, the, continue the conversation. But yeah, likewise, Scott, it's been fantastic to, to speak to you too. Thanks for uh, inviting me, and I've really enjoyed answering the questions. No problem. Any chance of catching you on Twitch? Absolutely, yeah. We've, <laughs> uh, uh, we've got a we've got our Raptor Twitch, and we do it regularly, not for a while actually, but um, All right. yeah, you can you can find us on there as well. that's uh, underscore London on Twitch. All right. Cheers, Dave. Take care.